Welcome to the podcast series, Parenting Tips, brought to you by the Family Health and Wellness Educators of Cornell Cooperative Extension of Suffolk County's Community Education Program. I'm Rory McNish, host of the series. We provide up-to-the-minute research-based information regarding child development, positive parenting practices, nutrition, and health issues for parents and family caregivers, as well as for professionals who work with families. I'm pleased to welcome Kara Sultan, parent educator, who will be joining us today to talk about talking to your kids about difficult and scary things. Kara is a social worker with extensive experience working with children and families, and most importantly, a mom of two middle schoolers. Welcome, Kara. So nice to have you back here. Thanks, Rory. I'm so happy to be here. You're going to be talking today about how we talk to our children about difficult and scary things. So the world seems a little difficult and scary lately. So I'm pretty eager to hear what you have to say. Agreed, Rory. You know, there's just so much negative news out there. Unfortunately, that's the reality of our world these days. We've been through mm -hmm. a pandemic. There's a lot of violence, war, shootings, you name it. It's disheartening. But and, you know, as parents, we want to protect our children from learning that the world is a hard place to be. Yeah, kids are so innocent, you know, it's hard when they have to learn the harsh realities of life. So tell me how, how do we figure this out? Well, it's not easy. So recognize that. But the first step is for us as adults and caregivers to our children is to really just take a deep breath. We want to figure out how we are feeling because we need to get a handle on our emotions first before we can figure out how to best help our children. As we always say in these podcasts, put your own oxygen mask on first in an airplane before you help your children. Mm -hmm. So really give yourself a chance to process your own feelings. If you're upset thinking about something, your children will see it. So wait till you've had a chance to process and get hold of your emotions, get the support you need before you tackle it with your children. Something I always recommend, which is very easy, is placing your hand on your heart and just taking a deep breath in. Research shows that your breath and actually touching your heart, your chest when you breathe can actually have a calming effect on your nervous system. That's a great idea. I've got to remember that one. Yeah, it's a good one to remember. And it's so easy. It's a great tool. Once we have centered ourselves, we need to muster up the courage to talk about these difficult things. I think it's a false assumption that if we don't talk about these difficult and scary things, we can protect our children. It's better for them. They don't need to learn the harsh realities of the world. But that isn't the case, especially now, especially with social media in our lives. Yeah. We hear about terrible things, like no matter what we do. So once you want them to hear about it from you rather than another source, their friend, the internet. So if they hear about it from you, you can dispel any rumors you can correct any misinformation and you can help to reassure them that they're safe and that they're okay. And that's really the most critical thing. So as difficult as it might be, let's just first recognize that after we breathe, we need to talk to them. I've struggled with that myself. Do I want to tell or is, is it easier just to, to pretend it's not happening? These days, that just seems so hard. Yeah, it's really hard to pretend anymore. I mean, I, I think our kids can see it on our faces, 
with all that's been going on, you know, especially for us too, when we get information 24 seven in the olden days, when your news was a radio, a newspaper, even limited television, you could shut it off. You didn't have to read the newspaper. You didn't have to turn on the radio. You didn't have to turn on the TV, right? You could do that. Mm. But in 2022, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, it really is everywhere. Yeah. And and to quote someone who was around before all this technology and really recognizes the value of talking about it is Mr. Rogers. Oh, I remember him. What a wonderful man. (laughs) He was. And you know what? All these years later, his wisdom is still so relevant and so comforting to us. So as he once said, anything that's human is mentionable and anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. Mm -hmm. When we can talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary. That's a great quote. Right? You want to write that down and remember that one? Yeah, I do. Um, You know, we, we need to put it on a piece of paper in our pockets when we get stressed out about talking to our kids about these things. But he was so right. It's If we talk about it, we can manage it. So what I want to talk about next is actually how to go about talking about it, right? One of the things I'm going to discuss is what I call tuning in, not jumping in. What I mean is to tune in, go slow, make eye contact, find a time and a space that helps your child feel safer. When you're getting ready for school in the morning, probably not the right time. You know, sometimes bedtime can be a good place and time to open up for these discussions, but then you worry about children not being able to fall asleep at night because they haven't had enough time to process it. Family mealtime is sometimes a good time, sometimes even a car ride, as long as you have enough time, because sometimes children and parents, it's easier to talk about difficult things when you don't have to straighten the eye, especially if there's some kind of tension. But -hmm. a lot of times it's just better to sit them down on a couch, sit on the floor with them and just really try to create the space to tune in how they're feeling and see where they're at first. You don't want to jump in with all that you might be feeling. You might acknowledge that you have big feelings, but what you really want to do is open the door and set the stage that they're not in trouble. Mm-hmm. They're not alone. I'm going to give you some what we call conversation openers, because I think that's really hard is the first step. I think once we get a conversation going, it's a little bit easier, but it's it's that first step. And you're afraid that you're going to tell the child something they don't know, or they're just going to shut down with the news. So mm-hmm. a lot of this information came out, you know, and, and a lot of recommendations for parents came out during the war in Ukraine, but certainly it's applicable to any situation. So saying something like, you may have heard a lot about what is happening, like say in Ukraine during the war. Another one is, I am curious about what you know, and I would like to answer questions. Another one is, I know you heard about this on TV or at school, so I just wanted to check with you. You could say, has anything been upsetting to you in what you have seen, or how do these make you feel? Those are great ways to start a conversation, Kara. 
I I feel a little comforted now. I know, right, Roy? With more time, we could really process scary things. There you go. We should uh, do another yeah, sex segment be, just yeah. for me and you. Follow up, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's true. The tone of your voice, the things you're saying, those open-ended questions. So it's acknowledging that what they've heard is okay. You care about what they're going to say, mm-hmm. and it, it, we call them, like I said door openers as opposed Mm -hmm. to something that closes the conversation down. Yeah, that makes sense. So something else I like to add, because this is a difficult one, is that, again, getting back to that reasoning to protect our kids from scary news, you feel, okay, I'm going to open the door to these questions, but I'm going to gloss it over, make it not seem as scary as it is. So another important thing to remember is that we want to emphasize truth over comfort. Now, can you tell us what what do you mean by that? Having difficult conversations is difficult. And I think sometimes parents and caregivers are well-intentioned, but mm-hmm. they feel like they should make up these elaborate stories because you want to shield your child from the truth. Like if right. you have cancer, you might be scared to say the C word, or if someone's died, I mean, I've heard people, well, she's just, you know, gone away. And, Mm -hmm. and what does that mean? So we recommend that you do not shield your child from the truth. It's so tempting, but I, I can see where you're going with this. It is tempting because again, we we have good intentions in mind, but the reality is kids are going to need to know difficult information and mm-hmm. they're going to be more comforted by how you tell the truth. That's not to say you need to say all the gory details. Right. And we'll talk in a few minutes about how to frame it depending on age, but some really interesting studies, because you know, we love studies here at <laughs> BCE. <laughs> so we always like to back with research. So studies have shown that parents who include kids kids and discussions around topics like traumatic events actually help children cultivate resilience, community engagement, quality relationships, and overall life satisfaction. That's amazing. You think, oh, you're going to scare them and you're going to make them worse off to handle things. But in fact, you show them good coping skills. And the caveat to that is that parents who don't practice open communication skills with their children include lying to them those children might be more resilient to stress and might have more symptoms of trauma, even in adolescence. Now you're making a good case for telling the truth, that's for sure. And also, I'm going to add this one more piece of data, is that by telling the truth, kids can develop skills in honest communication, confronting difficult life situations, and setting appropriate values and boundaries. The bottom line is that information isn't as scary as being in the dark. Thinking of examples to illustrate this point, it was very much an issue during 9-11. Children would overhear the word terrorist, bombings. And so without any context, you have family over for dinner and they're talking about these things. Children will hear these words and get scared. So if you can sit down and explain as a caring adult in a safe space, giving a child a hug after they say it, even your child won't equate these words with fear. That's so true. It makes it less scary when a parent is explaining, no matter what the news is, I guess. Exactly. Like once you think through it, it makes sense, but it takes some time to get over that fear of upsetting kids. Kids are not as afraid of information as much as they are of feeling alone and confused in the absence of information. 
Another example of that is a cancer diagnosis. Children hear things, right, about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a loved one with cancer, and yeah. then they make their own assumptions. Like maybe your child's friend had a grandparent that died of cancer, and then their own parent gets diagnosed with cancer, and not having had a discussion about it, they're going to take the information from a grandparent and applied it to a parent. And who knows, the, the cancer, as we know, could be very different. So we really encourage these open dialogues, no matter what the news is. Yeah, this is really helpful to hear because I think we often freeze as parents, but it's important we don't. How do we handle like different ages and stuff? Um, do you have any guidance on that? Sure. That's an excellent question. All this advice and all this information I've given earlier really is underscored by a child's age. You're not going to have the same conversation with a five-year-old that you mm -hmm. are a 15-year-old. So right. I'm going to go Makes through sense. just, yeah, right. It would be, that would be scary if you gave yeah. them too much information, yeah. right? Like, absolutely. You, you don't want to go there with them. And, and, you know, the truth is for little kids under six they don't understand these abstract topics very much. Yeah. They may not understand, you know, what a war is, what mm -hmm. a terrorist attack is, even what an illness is. Mm -hmm. And so the good news is that you can mostly keep news and social media away from them. So to understand little children's worlds, they really are composed of primary relationships. And what I mean by that is what's important to them is right in their immediate world. So their parents their siblings, their grandparents, even your pets. So what they worry is that if something is scary or bad out there, how is it going to affect them? And how is it going to affect their immediate circle? For little kids, you want to first ask what they might have heard, because again, you don't need to chime in with a lot of information and a lot of big words unless they're bringing it to you first. But sometimes it's important to open the door for them to talk and with that, you can reassure them that mommy is safe, you know, that their family is safe, that anything going on out there really won't affect them. Certainly if, if the difficult thing is in their family, right, a parent that might be sick, you want to mm -hmm. reassure them that things yeah. are going to stay normal, you're right. still going to have the same routine, mm -hmm. things like that. So it's really about providing some level of honest reassurance. So younger kids really don't hear a lot, but what about school age kids? I know like a lot of trouble kind of happens on the bus. Yeah, that's funny that you said that because my kids always come home and say what they've heard on the what bus, right? On the bus, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and certainly things like school violence, right? Kids mm -hmm. are talking about that, whether yeah. you think they are or not. And really, you know, elementary school kids are because all it takes is one kid whose parent has not listened to this podcast mm -hmm. uh, or has, you know, access to, you know, the internet and, and then the rumors get started. For children this age, you again want to ask them what they've heard and you again want to focus on their safety. You want to keep responses honest, but concrete maybe liken it to experience in their own life. Like for the war in Ukraine, it was a good analogy to talk about how children feel when someone is bullying them or someone is taking a toy that doesn't belong to them. Again, focus on safety, focus on what they've heard and try to help them understand that, you know, what they're hearing from, you know, so-and-so on the bus may not be the case and that they should always come to you with the mm -hmm. information they've heard. You know, books are a really good way to teach and to allow kids to express feelings, whether it's about death and dying, 
illness, violence. It's an amazing array of books. Yeah you know, help kids through these things because it gives them a, a place, a place for them to process. And all um, different levels too on the books. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's stuff. a great yeah. question. Sure. Yeah. So there's like picture books with, you know, for a younger preschool age. Mm -hmm. And then there's really great books for middle school, high schoolers. I've had my kids, they sort of have sought them out, you know, books about difficult topics and then they want to talk about it. And mm -hmm. then you can extrapolate it and say, this was World War II and this is another example of a war where you know people are not being nice to each other so right, right. Um, yeah books can be great and of course as we always say reading is great and but it can also serve as a way to open up discussion when sometimes you're feeling uncomfortable silence with your kids yeah you know and as I just mentioned middle schoolers because those are my kids age you know when those kids when children become middle schoolers they start to differentiate and have their own ideas right so mm -hmm. they start thinking on their own they start being able to understand abstract concepts like violence and illness and certainly war. So it's really important to let these growing adolescents voice their own perspectives, whether or not you agree with them. Now that's great guidance. Tell me a little bit about teens. You have these emerging, you know, tweens that start being able to express their ideas. And then you have teens who, who do understand most of this. And teens are also getting information right on their phone. On their phones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, this is sort of like, you know, the hot topic everywhere you go. What do you do with that, right? Mm -hmm. What do you yeah. do with a, a teenager who is on their phone and it's it's news 24-7, it's TikTok, it's Instagram. Mm -hmm. Kids are, you know, the, the plus side of that is kids are like learning things that they might never have known. Right. Uh, but the downside of that is that a lot of it is difficult and scary. So the most important thing you can do is talk to your teen, right? You don't want them to hide what they're finding out online. Mm -hmm. You want to know, and you want to know how it's making them feel. You want to know that it's from an accurate source. This is a great time to start talking to kids about where they're getting information from and is it accurate information. A, a great example, well, it's not such a great example, but a an example that highlights this is that during the war, when the conflict first started, there was a TikTok mm -hmm. video that kids thought was actual battle fighting. Yeah. And so it was, you know, in, in five minutes, it can reach 5 million people. Wow. But it was actually a video game. And because the really? technology, yeah, right. So that the technology of video games was so realistic that it was like this bloody battle wow. and it was really just a video game. So, oh, man. right. Isn't that so disheartening? Yeah, it's pretty concerning. Now I can only imagine like what a child would feel after seeing something that looks like so, so real and disturbing. I, I know I I mean, I, we watch it, you know, like, and then it's like uh, animation, it, you know, it looks perfectly real. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Right. And like, <laughs> what's fact, what's fiction. So right. We as parents, like, you know, unfortunately, the phones are not going away. I think it's learning how to manage it, right? And mm -hmm. managing, you know, not just about scary things, about anything they see online. But what we must do is open the door to dialogues about, mm -hmm. as I said, where mm -hmm. kids are getting information, what they are seeing. Yeah, there's so much out there. Yep. And it's like I said, it's impossible to control.
We want to teach them what good news sources are. When kids are developing their own ideas, you want them to be able to see idea like a video, like what I just mentioned, a TikTok video of a battle and Mm. evaluate it. And as parents, though, I think our job is to give some kind of context and perspective, right? As much as they like to uh, think so, they may not know everything. Yeah, you're still their grown up, you know? Right. So you have to listen to them, hear them out hear their perspective and their thoughts, and then gently weigh perhaps your own feelings. You know, because when it comes to difficult and and scary things, teenagers might have strong feelings and sometimes they might not necessarily be the feelings. But again, keeping those lines of communication open is so important and really validating their feelings, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you dismiss anything they say, they'll shut down. So you wanna say that their feelings are normal and natural. And I think another thing we struggle with as parents is feeling like we have to fix everything. We have to know the answers. It, it It's a, it, it's a tightrope yeah. walk, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. And it's very easy to kind of like lose your balance and be hanging on. I struggle with that with my own kids and I'm getting more adept is to say like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know the answer to that. Or yeah. I don't know why someone, you know, takes a gun and goes into a school. We have to sit in that that space of uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think if our children see us struggling, they're going to know that it's okay to struggle too. Yeah, especially with so much news that that's in our world today. I think we really are fooling ourselves if we don't, you know, really feel it too. You know, we we we're struggling and and trying to make sense of all of this ourselves, you know? Yeah. Like we need to have a media diet too. Right. Yeah. Uh, You know, my son during the last election had subscribed to CNN news updates Mm -hmm. and, you know, I didn't realize they were still on his phone. So he was getting pinged, you know, with a CNN news update and sure. Right. Like when someone wins the Super Bowl, that's what you want to hear. But 90% of the news was bad news. So, you know, I didn't, punish him for it, obviously, because we don't believe in punishment. I didn't, you know, we had an, it allowed for an open discussion and dialogue and said, you know, maybe this isn't the best thing for you to do. Yeah. How about like gaming alerts? I think that, you know, that's That'd more be better. Yeah. Well, although <laughs> some of it, no. <laughs> no, no, I take that back. Erase that comment. How about the weather? The there weather is safer, right? You can get as yeah. many alerts as the weather. Well, even that too, you know, the weather's changing yeah, and we're getting a lot of craziness there. Yes, it is kind of like doom and gloom about that too. Global warming and extreme. Open dialogue, open dialogue, open dialogue, right? On everything. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, that's really what it's, you know, it's about is that you want them to learn that they can come to you during difficult times. Yeah. Um, You know, we, again, we have, as I said, we have trouble tolerating that discomfort, but if we take that deep breath, we hold it and then we exhale, Mm -hmm. we can set ourselves hopefully up and, you know, try to talk to our kids when we're not frazzled, when we're not anxious and really then go to them. And you know what, with a little practice that you'll see the results are amazing. And it it can become very satisfying as a parent to have these difficult conversations as counterintuitive as it does, but it really strengthens the bond before you, between you and your child. And when difficult things have passed, your children look back and see that you've worked through it together. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. You want them to confide in you during, you know, good times and bad times. Mm -hmm. Another thing I'm going to go back to Mr. Rogers again. Mm -hmm. This was advice from his mother. 
And he said, when something scary is happening, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. That Mrs. Rogers sure knew what she was talking about. Yes, she did. She said, if kids see the positive, they'll be comforting. There's a lot of studies that showed when President Obama spoke after the Newtown school shooting, Mm -hmm. an American flag was raised. It helped kids process these events as opposed to seeing pictures of more negative images, Mm -hmm. right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you look for the helpers and, you know, during the war in Ukraine, when there were all these efforts to send food and supplies, it sort of mitigates the impact of a negative experience. And we've seen this in children and art. And if you see art of children who have seen positive images, their art is so much better. And you can see them processing it so differently than kids who have had a barrage of negative images to them. So. Wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah, it, it's really interesting, and and of course, going back to nine eleven, there were studies that showed that children who just happened to walk into their parents' room when the news was on, how many times did we see images of the planes crashing into the mm-hmm. towers, the towers crumbling? Yeah. Children were unable to determine that that wasn't happening every day, right? right. Right. So a young child is having like repeated exposure to the trauma of that event because they don't know, they don't understand that they're just replaying it. So you have to be mindful of the big picture and what images your children are seeing, what messages they're hearing, you know, may not even realize it. Right. Very, Very true. Very true. And again, Books, art, play therapy, especially mm-hmm. for younger kids when you're going through these difficult times, right. it can really, you know, allow children the space to process something. Yeah. Well, Kara, thank you so much for all this important and relevant and useful information. I hope it helped, Rory. And thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You know, it's it's unfortunate that we have to have this conversation mm-hmm. due to all the difficult things we experience these days, but yeah. it can really bring families closer by talking about it. Well, again, I think the one thing that I'm going to take away from this is that open communication, that open dialogue and and steering your children in that. If they feel comfortable coming to you, I think you, you can work things out together, you know. Exactly. So, uh, I'm going to I'm definitely going to uh, apply this to my life. Good. So you listen. And, you know, if you model good coping skills, that's exactly it. Your child can process difficult things. And as I said before, like we can't avoid adversity in our Mm -hmm. life, but what Mm -hmm. we can do is together develop skills to build resilience. So thanks again. Yeah. Well, I I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and uh, we'll see you again sometime. All right. Yeah. With happy news. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's our podcast on talking to your children about difficult and scary things. Thanks for listening. We would love to hear your comments about today's topic. You can email Kara at caw10 at cornell.edu. And for more information on this topic, check out our blog at www.cornell.edu slash community education. You can also visit our website at www.ccesuffolk.org and look for community education family health and wellness and dig around in there and you'll find what you need and look for us on facebook and instagram at cce suffolk county community education and nutrition have a great and wonderful day Mm -hmm.